So, like, how are you guys feeling just in general? Like, the record's coming out tomorrow. Are you guys feeling excited, more nervous? Or how are you guys feeling in general? Excited. Very excited. Long time coming. We recorded a while ago and very, very glad it's finally coming out after uh, almost two years. years. Nah. How long? Three? We're ecstatic. Yeah. <laughs> wow. There's a long process. So, yeah, we're thrilled that it's finally coming out. We're yeah, super yeah, excited. very happy. Josh, like uh, Justin reached out to me and was like, hey, you should interview these guys. And sometimes when we interview bands, it's a little bit of a gamble. I'm like, oh, no, what if I don't like their stuff or whatever? But with you guys, I was listening to the singles for this album. I, was, I listened to your previous record. I saw some of your live performances on YouTube. It's really incredible. It's really impressive. I really so like I'm really just like happy that like it's a real it's a project i'm like excited to promote excited to have people here and stuff like that good uh, uh <laughs> good <laughs> yeah thanks man please <laughs> like you too you know? hey you've got good taste <laughs> not so bad yourself <laughs> thank you thank you yeah so i was like watching a bunch of like your live shows uh on youtube and in your live shows there's a lot of like hand claps and stomping kind of like uh old school preachers like street preachers and stuff like that did you did you guys get your name Daddy Long Legs from the fact that you were like trying to stomp out a spider and then one of you <laughs> was yeah, like, okay, yeah, that's how it happened. Wow, yeah. show me your legs, Brian. He's also okay. got long legs. He's got long legs. Like, I, I think we might go with this from now on. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's not on your website. That's <laughs> like not the story on your website. Okay, okay. You do okay. more roach stomping in the city though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like spiders are my friend. Yeah. yeah. So like, but yeah, I just love, I, I was like watching the, I'm just, I'm so interested in like the interplay and dynamics of like a band. That's like so interested. That's like such a, something that's very interesting to me. How would you guys describe the interplay and dynamics of your brotherhood musically and otherwise? Like, how do you guys like, cause you've been doing this for like over 10 years. I, I imagine. Right. Like, yeah, we're family. And, um, I basically have three husbands, <laughs> not always peaches and cream, but or two husbands and an adopted son. <laughs> yes. and, uh, but uh, we're we're very close. We're too close for comfort, to be honest. Uh, lots of turmoil sometimes, but it all comes together on stage. And no matter what the behind the scenes issues we've ever had, once we're on stage, it's all. Yo, it, all oh, it, oh. it all makes it worthwhile. Hey, we're so yeah. close that if we get in a big fight, brotherhood, we'll, we'll be fine the next day. You know what I mean? Yeah, has like being crammed on this couch together for this interview been the close, the closest you guys ever been in life? Basically, definitely not. No, no. Okay, okay, okay. We like, all pretty much <laughs> slept in the same bed, and it's wow, good. <laughs> it's good Which, practice yeah. for the band. This is this might band. be like the furthest apart we've we've been. Wow, is it like <laughs> it's kind of? head to feet situation where like you're oh, no. like we just, we just nuzzle up man we love each okay other. okay that's beautiful and uh who, who's the the uh fourth member like i who, what's his name again dave the wave all dave the way the wave. georgia what's happening yeah how do you guys how do you guys like get connected what made you like add a new member to the event well, we made this new record, Street Sermons, and uh, our our producer, Oakley Munson, who's a great keys player, added a, a lot of piano and organ to some of the new songs. And when the live shows came back, we, we were missing that element. And Dave has been a friend of ours for like at least 15 years. And he's always kind of been whispering in our ears like, hey, if you guys ever need a piano player... <laughs> 
Yes. Well, uh, <laughs> we did. We finally did. And, uh, you know, he stepped right in and, and uh, assumed the role. And it's been fantastic having him along for the ride. Yeah, yeah. it's great for the just the new songs really benefit from, uh, you know, having that bottom end of the piano keys and stuff on stage. It really brings a bigger sound live. So, yeah, what we we wrote the new record like when, um, you know, there wasn't any live shows happening because of the pandemic and all that. So we did, weren't really... Playing live wasn't a consideration when we were writing the songs for the new record. Then when the live shows came back, we were like, oh, shit, we need a piano player. And then, like, I guess the other thing, the last question is just like, yeah, Brian, like you were talking in an interview about like dropping out of high school to pursue this, to pursue music. And it's I, I just like, first of all, just infinite amount of respect to those who take that risk. And the fact that you're here now, the fact that you're still making music and getting to tour um how did like cover your ears kids <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> like how how like what is the thing that like really kept you going this entire time because i i can't i can't imagine it's easy i can't imagine it's a particular like peaches and creams as you said honestly the thing that keeps me going and us going as a band is it's the people you know like it is the people it's that like one-on-one connection that we have between the band and the audience, um, everyone that we meet on the road, they're just generally so happy to like spend a night with us, party with us, have a, a drink with us, you know, sing along to our songs with us. And that's what honestly keeps me going is, is yeah, like, you know, the, the people that we're so lucky to like meet and spend time with on the road and in between all the other bands, all the camaraderie that we have with people from the scene. And that's it, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of like camaraderie, let's start the episode. Click. Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to that. I've been meaning to listen to that. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Why don't you come over and talk about it? Hey everybody, welcome to I've Been Mean to Listen to That, the podcast where we go through albums we've been mean to listen to and use as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. I'm Andrew Ambrose Lee, and we got some great guests here today. They've got a new album that's out now, Street Sermons, which is a great, yeah, that's right. Oh, who said that? Uh, Which is an incredible blend of rock, blues, punk, country, and soul that simultaneously understands the roots of these genres while also creating something new and modern and unique. Please welcome Daddy Loglegs, everybody. Yeah. Oh, oh, hey guys. How are you how are you guys feeling just in general? Oh, we're howling at the moon over here. Terrific. Before like since this is an audio medium, uh uh I would I would love the four of you to kind of put put a name to the voice basically and like in- quickly introduce the four of you. Uh my name is Marat and I'm the guitar man of the group. Yeah. Moving on. I'm Brian Hurd. I sing and play harmonica and guitar. Josh Styles and I play the drums. Um, I'm Dave Klein and I play the piano and percussions. Hell yeah. 
uh, for the people who might not know Daddy Long Legs, what is, who is Daddy Long Legs? What do you feel like you you folks like add to uh, the conversation of music, essentially? And what's this new record about? It's about coming together. It's about like it so far. <laughs> Sounds good. About, yeah, taking your your troubles to the street. It's it's a celebration. I think our 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 whole life and and record spanning career is it's kind of just like a it's like a boogie woogie party you know and and this this record is like our it's our end times party where there's uh, one of the singles is called end times boogie and it's like you know just about you know going down with the ship and having a good time and you know which is like kind of what the, the ethos of the blues has always been about you know and i think you know it's important to remember that we wrote this record in a very um uncertain unprecedented time in history during lockdown and the pandemic and we you know we didn't know what was going to happen with live music or you know at nor at just go back to normal life or anything and we we're getting together and writing these tunes and you know so it's definitely like a reflection of the uh that time and you know and it's still going on so it kind of translates to modern times and yeah it's a mm-hmm. very topical or most probably our most topical record that we've ever written i would say for sure so check that out like it's out now uh street sermons uh get it buy it on Bandcamp. i'm gonna buy it on Bandcamp, or or check it out on spotify or uh apple music but Bandcamp is probably the best for you guys or like get get a vinyl even so we're here to talk about teenage head by the flaming groovies now this is a band yeah. <laughs> the greatest. Hell yeah. Yeah, like tell us a little bit about your history with Flame and Groovy. You said you said in your email that this is a huge influence on your sound, a huge influence on Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little more. They they're kind of like um man, a mythical mythical band uh in the whole like realm of rock and roll. I think I think it's fair to say that they're like one of the first rock and roll revival bands. Like they started in the late 60s, but they were already trying to get back to the original energy and attitude of what the 50s rock and roll bands were doing. And most people wouldn't really recognize that until like in 1977 when like the punk explosion happened. But that's why the Flaming Groovies are like one of the great proto-punk bands of all time because they were actually doing that. You know, yeah, they're playing the Fillmore with like Jefferson Airplane and bands like that, and they're doing something else by Eddie Cochran. I mean, it's you know, it was, people didn't know what yeah. to make of them in the yeah. '60s in San Francisco's with all these hippie bands around, and they were just there. Who are these funny guys? You know, <laughs> which that's how people look at us. Yeah, we're these funny. We're yeah, the yeah, that's and they're like, what's with these guys? That but are, I mean, <laughs> we all kind of, I would say like that. You know, all of us loving bands. Like the Flaming Groovies is why we all kind of came together and met in the first place. But the Flaming Groovies being a great example of a specific band that we all grew up loving and bonding over when we met, you know. So very uh, personal and important band to us. Yeah. And uh, as an aside, a life-changing thing was becoming friends with them and getting to play with them. Wow. Over the years and stuff. So. Yeah, it's crazy how life works out. But yeah, we, yeah, you know, they were major influence on the band, and then we ended up becoming friends with them. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get to that. Yeah, when I first discovered them, it was like it's kind of life changing because you're in the secret club. Not a lot of people knew about the Groovies. It's a 
little more popular now because they've had a resurgence touring a lot and you know but when i first discovered that i think that was the first record i got was teenage shed it was mind-blowing because everybody knows the rolling stones and the kinks and all these bands that are killer you know but this these guys are better but nobody knows about them like what is this and they were just like just shrouded in mystery yes. they don't exist Where do you, are these guys still alive what is going especially on especially pre-internet yeah. stuff yeah pre-social like, media it was, yeah it's hard to uh to find out a lot of things and it's mind-blowing it's, it's, it's everything i wanted in a rock and roll record you know as a kid growing up growing up into punk rock it was like that element in there like what became punk rock but then there's the blues there's countries all the slide guitar really sad haunting beautiful love songs and just like wild rockers and they looked so fucking cool. They looked so cool. You know what I mean? I wear velvet today all the time because. <laughs> and Cyril always had all the great granny chicks of trip clothes. And yeah, the boots with the moon and stars on them on the cover. Doesn't say the Flaming Groovies on it. It's just a shot of them in the studio. And there's a guitar case with Flaming Groovies spray painted on it. That's all you see. And it's just so wild. It's, you know, seeing that for the first time it was great. I wish I could re-experience that, you know. But life affirming to me, I was like, that's the kind of rock and roller I am over 20 years ago when I saw that. And I still am that kind of rock and roller. That's so cool to like actually like not only like meet your heroes and then befriend them. Like how, what did, what did, how did that even like start? Norton Records. Yeah. Yeah. It was like the Norton Records uh, connection, you know, um, we'd all been fans and then we eventually ended up on really our favorite label norton which we we wouldn't even make the kind of music that we make if it wasn't for their influence but we knew there was a connection there and oh you stay in this game long enough you know you're gonna you're gonna connect with the people and um it was just really a matter of time i think the first time that we really encountered them was at the norton records 25th anniversary show which was really the first concert that we did that really put us on the map um, because we were we were performing alongside the Sonics and Question Mark and the Mysterians and Wow Groovies were on the bill as well and we were doing a Flaming Groovies track at the time and we were just like hey would you guys like to join us on stage and that kind of went down and that that started a long uh, it's on YouTube a long friendship and Miriam who was uh, her and her late husband Billy. Um, ran Norton Records. She ran the Flaming Grease fan club in the 70s. So there's been a very long web of Flaming Groovies connections that we could trace back um, over the years that are, you know, connected. Yeah. We got to back up Roy Loney on a couple of solo gigs, which was amazing. All because of Norton Records. And That's right. Yeah, we backed Roy up a few times. So... We're yeah, we're here to talk about Teenage Head. That's the album we're reviewing today. Uh, what did this record mean to you? Like, w did you grow up with it? Did you what? What was like? What is your relationship to this particular album? This record for me showed me the possibilities of what roots music and rhythm and blues could do in a punk context. This is the first punk rock record I ever heard that had harmonica and slide guitar and they covered a Robert Johnson song. To me, that was like mind blowing because all these punk bands that come from England and all that stuff, you know, like I love all that stuff. But when I heard this record, it was like, whoa, like I connected with it on a different level. Yeah, it's like real American music. Yeah, let's let's just get straight into it then. Like, let's talk a little bit about 
I'll, I'll like be like a little transparent. Like the first time, like I don't really listen to a lot of music from the seventies. Like I, I came into music very late. I grew up like was very sheltered. And then in high school, like senior year of high school is like when I first started paying attention to music. And then it was a very small amount. And then over time, I started this show to like really widen my horizons, really get different perspectives of, on life and different uh, reference points. So the world of classic rock and blues is a little foreign to me. So it took a little time to adjust to what this was and I, and partly because I didn't really have the context for liking and appreciating this. So I was wondering like, what would be the, what's the context of this album? What was, what was the world before this record came out? What was the world like afterwards? Well, and such? I, think, I think we should note that we're coming out of, we're, it's 1971. We're coming out of the hippie era and a lot of bands are getting, more into you know complex prog rock direction but at the same time you know people wonder why this record was kind of unknown i mean they had some insane competition 1971 was like a banner year for rock records rock and roll albums i mean we had like i think the faces put out long player and then not as is it good as a wink yeah same year sticky fingers by the rolling stones came out like a couple weeks after teenage head electric warrior by t-rex Hunky Dory, David Bowie. I mean, there's yeah. some. Oh yeah, I love record and record label, <laughs> record label problems too. And record label yeah, problems. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they had some. Yeah, they and they were on uh, Kama Sutra, which was wasn't really going to compete with um, some of these bigger the labels that whatever, were putting yeah. out the other ones. So I feel like they kind of got dealt a shitty hand in that respect. I mean, I think the record, if it was promoted properly, could have been a bigger splash for sure. And I th mm -hmm. one thing about the Flaming Goobies was, I mean, we're saying they're ahead of their time, but also that worked against them because they were kind of regressive too. Yeah. So they were like, we're into 50s rock and roll and country blues and rhythm and blues, while every other band was putting on makeup and getting, you know, glam rock was exploding, like the whole Bowie T-Rex thing and, and like prog rock. And, and they were like being regressive in a revolutionary way, you know? I think, also, I, appreciate. I think also the fact that uh, Sticky Fingers came out like a month after or whatever it was and was like promoted to hell by a major, you know, just yeah. massive. Oh, yeah. And really not, you know, very similar sound. Well, that'll uh, lead me to a fun tidbit. It's been said that Mick Jagger was quoted in 1971 saying Teenage Head was the best record that came out this year and it's better than Sticky Fingers. Yeah. This has never been proven, though. I've never seen this in print, but that's like a legend that yeah. Mick Jagger himself said that was better than their record. I mean, also, the real people, the real ones know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's notable, too, that the the, uh, the producer, Richard Robinson, didn't do that many things, but what he did was uh, incredible. First Lou Reed record. Yeah. Uh, David Johansson. Hackamore Brick. Some more Williamsburg, New, New York boys from Brooklyn. Um, yeah. Directed some Ramones and Blondie videos, I believe. Wow. Wife, Lisa Robinson. The, ah, yeah, great journalist. Yeah, great journalist. Yeah, so, um, and another great thing about this record is that Zachary, the cool ghoul, the great New York horror host from Late Night TV, would stop by the sessions and was friends with the Flaming Greenies. Yeah, that's right. A lot of myth and cool stories surrounding that. I think that's such an interesting thing of like, uh, they're like, there's a regression, the regressive element to it because this came out in the 70s and it sounds like something from the 50s so which is like 
and we're listening to it in the 2020. So it's like nostalgia, nostalgia, basically. It, but also it's, it was of the 70s, too. And we're also listening to it in 2020, in the 2020s. So it's a really like this really interesting thing. The impressive thing is that they didn't do straight. They made they made the 50s and, and blues Robert Johnson stuff like they made it really sound uniquely their own, which is why mm-hmm. it stands the test of time. It doesn't just sound like a straight revival record or they're trying to yeah, yeah. recreate the fifties. They take it and they really make their own sound with it. I mean, especially the, um, have you seen my baby, uh, Randy Newman cover. I mean, that's like, oh. that's maybe the perfect example of someone taking someone else's song and just making it into like a perfect piece of music. And it, like uh, in a weird way, that's I feel like that's what you guys do with your music too. Like, how would you say that you've taken the influence that Flaming Groovies have done and applied it to yourself? Yeah, well, it's like they became their own band, and I think that should be like the goal of every band out there. Is yeah, like love your influences, wear your influences on your sleeve, but you can do that to death. And I think the ultimate goal should be to like you know, come out of your cocoon and, and be a butterfly and be, yeah. you know, your own thing. And I think we've been a, a band now for, yeah, over a decade. And, and that's really happened. Like, <laughs> you know, um, we, we keep our heroes close to our heart, but I think we're, we're ultimately, especially these days now, we, we're our own men. We're, we're doing our own thing. Yeah. We actually play two songs from this record in our live set all the time. I said it's like two groovy songs from Teenage Head. And I thought yeah. we were playing them pretty faithfully, but listening to this record again to get ready for this podcast, <laughs> I realized that we really fucking changed those songs. We completely do our own version, and it just happened by accident. Yeah, you know, that's another way of tribute, you know? Like, we love playing groovy songs still. Let's actually talk about the content and some of the songs of Teenage Head. Uh, what do you folks feel are the themes of this record? What do you think this album is about? Oh man, like love, lust, hate, anger. There's a coming to New York City, coming to the big city element. The song "City Lights" mm-hmm. I relate to. Nah, "City Lights" is about the uh, the famous uh, bookstore in San Francisco, story about the beat poets. But see, it feels like New York too, because I came to New York to record. And they're talking about you know, like I get that too. Well, you're I guess right. you're, you're, I don't know. Jay, Jay talks to you. He talks about he's got to come to the Empire City and see yeah. the big monkey. He's talking about King Kong on top. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to move to New York all my life, and I did because of that kind of thing. The big city. The city lights um, keep calling me, you know? I mean, Teenage Head, the title track, is a great double entendre. Yeah. Sucker <laughs> yeah. for a slow, heartbreaking ballad, and Whiskey Woman is like such a heart-wrenching yeah, I mean, it covers all the bases of like great rock and roll themes. I yeah, a lot like, of who you know, teenage rebellion yeah. and uh, young love and yeah, rocking. Look at you know. I, yeah, I feel like this is like a great like showcase of their different sensibilities and their different styles. Like uh, their, I would say the song uh, "City Lights." sounds more like a Randy Newman song than the actual cover of the Randy Newman song. Like it very, the lyrically, it feels very Randy Newman. And then evil heart Ada sounds like Elvis a little bit. Like there's so many different sensibilities and styles. Cause when I first listened to it, 
I'll just like be like again, like when I first listened to it, I did not like this at all. I did not like at the the first listen, I did not like this at all. I was like, this is aggravating. This is like really I don't know how I'm gonna spin this positively, <laughs> but like I truly genuinely I like I wanna like I I I We're on different pages, brother. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. Different context. Like I don't come from this world. I don't I'm I'm a visitor in this genre in like oh, your sensibilities. Walk on the wild side, man. <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Um, but you're absolutely so, right because yeah, there's so many multifaceted elements that make up this album and that's one of the things that struck me about it because yeah, it goes from like a total raver into like a country blues ballad into a rockabilly sun record sounding song. And, and I always loved the variety that came on this record. I, you pretty much grow up listening to records that are kind of like really consistent and sound the same the whole way through. And that's like what you want when we were like, yeah, to the Ramones, it's like, don't ever change. Don't ever change that style. But the last two records that we made are really indicative of teenage head because it, it shows the whole spectrum of our influences, what we're influ- influenced by. And, and yeah, I, I wanted to show the variety on both lowdown ways and on uh, street sermons. I think, I think like as an outsider, I think that might be part of it because when I listened, like the first few times I listened, I was like, I don't know what these guys' identity is. I don't know what they, I don't know what they think. I don't know what they feel. I don't, I, I can't like triangulate what this guy's, voice is um insider and like the rock and roll game to know all the shit yeah 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 true but like as i listened to it more and more i was like oh that's a feature not a bug that's so it i think you're right that this feels more intermediate like okay you want to like get to the next level First, we'll get we'll show you the Beatles. We'll show you the Stones. I'll get you your feet wet. They'll dip dip your toe, and then once once you're ready, once you're like mature, we'll show you flaming groovies. We'll show you bands like this. So that might be part of it. Yeah, let's go through highlights. Let's go through like songs uh-huh. we love. And you, I can. Go, I mean, the, you yeah. ask me any song, there, I'm like, oh god, that's the one. We, <laughs> there's, there's no low points. There's no low like. There's no low points. <laughs> we should start though with with Teenage Head, the album's title track. I'm a monster. Got a revved up teenage head, California born and bred, and he's singing it in this, you know, this, the del- monster voice. It's like a scary monster it's, voice. Yeah, and it's it's like the Captain Beefheart. Uh, you know, they these guys were definitely listening to Safe as Milk, which is a, a great, you know, the the first Captain Beefheart album. I think everyone in San Francisco growing up around these guys was probably listening to that. It's obviously a huge influence, and and. Show enough, and yes, I do the first track on that album. Like Teenage Head feels like a jump off of that. Mm-hmm. That the Teenage Head, the delivery on that and the vocal, like it's definitely a blue. F- what was blueprint for for Daddy Long Legs? Was mother mm. single or Safe as Milk up first? Because the first mother single, Why Don't You Do Me Right, does a vocal too. Why don't you do me right? Ah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Funny, my first Groovy's record was Shake Some Action, which the Groovy's had two incarnations. Roy Loney, the singer on Teenage Head, Flamingo, and the early stuff, left the band, and then they went on to a more power pop, Beatles-influenced direction. And when I was probably about 15 or 14, I found this Shake Some Action LP, which is a, sounds like a different band, basically. 
So when I finally did hear this record, I was like, holy shit. This yeah, is insane, yeah. It's like two different bands, but they're both my favorite bands. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the Shake Some Action album is also... I love it, too. It's very different. I, I, think, I, I think I'm more of a Loney. Um, I'm equal. I'm, a, I'm, I'm leaning Loney. I love Chris but, Wilson, too. Big yeah. no, I love them alone, but alone, but but yeah, about a year or two later, after finding Shakes of Action, I found Teenage Head, and I was like, because I grew up with my parents loving the Stones and stuff, and loving Sticky Fingers, and I was like, holy shit, this sounds like that, but better. Yeah, I like the Stones, but better. <laughs> like, what about you, Marat? Like, what's your what's a highlight song for you? Um, I mean, like I mentioned before, Whiskey Woman is just so that's the kind of song that really hits me. I've always loved the tearjerker for some reason. I love that song so much, but there's not a bad song on that album. I learned how to kind of play slide playing along to 3220 blues a lot, wow. tuning, which is, you know, Keith Richards is famous for on the guitar, but started with 3220, trying to learn that, trying to mess around with the slide guitar. My old band used to cover Have You Seen My Baby? And it's so fun to play. I don't know, like every song, there's no, I could just, I'll go down the whole track list with you. But there's <laughs> yeah. no low points. It's like so much fun. I really like City Lights, Have You Seen My Baby, and Yesterday's Numbers oh, yeah. are my favorite of this record. Right. I really like City Lights, it being like a melancholic mm -hmm. Randy Newman-esque song. I like, I, I, I wrote the note saloon music. Yeah. Like it's the music you you entering a saloon. Yes. Uh, incredible. I like the idea of it being a song about like being a country, like a a country mouse, basically seeing New York on television, seeing the big city on TV, and then visiting one time and then loving it and being so amazed, like oh my god, that's where the King Kong building was. Like oh my gosh, like I'm I got a coat. I'm like I'm I'm leaving my house. I'm really it's really exciting. And then, but he's too scared to actually like make that choice to like leave for real. And then the song finally ends of him like going like, it's calling, it's calling my name. I got to check it out. I'm really excited. Like, and it's like a really hopeful, melancholic, humane song that I really yeah. like. So that's a song I really like. You get, you got, see, you're getting it. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. We're going to make a Flaming Groovies fan out of you. One way or another. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, 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 Josh, like, what's a highlight song for you? What's a song that you really loved? Uh, man, I gotta say, "Have You Seen My Baby?" Their version, their oh. cover that's really like a like top five songs of all time for me. I can't uh, you drop that on the dance floor. Yeah, I, I, I DJ it all the time. I, oh. it's great, man! If you're ever in a bad mood, just put that on. Makes you feel better. Yeah. So, any other any other highlights? Any other things we haven't? Uh, spoken about that you'd like to like kind of give a uh, voice to. It was recorded at Bell Sound in New York City. I love that Frisco yeah. band, but they came to New York City to record this record. Yeah. It's in New York City. Right? Yeah, I definitely think that. Like, so uh, cool. I think the fact that they came from Frisco to record in New York definitely uh, influenced the sound. But and recorded Bell Sound, which lots of legendary things were recorded at. Uh, Jim Dickinson played on the sessions. He put played piano and some extra guitar on there. And, yeah, and he's, he's a legend. He's a legend, you know. In his own right. Yeah, like so. Low lights. 
Uh, you, all, all of you have said expressed like there are no low lights, but if you had to pick a low light, if someone like held a gun to your head and said you have to pick a low light, what would it be? If you, <laughs> hmm, that's a tough one. Uh, yeah, the, I now I'll skip a can't answer that. I can't. Can we go? You would you, you would like can karate we, like but, maneuver that person and. But yeah, I, I I really couldn't knock any song. If, if we want to talk about low lights, I would say. It's only low because they take the mood down real low, like they do on Whiskey Woman and City Lights. But I think every great record should do that. And like, I like dynamics. I like dynamics in a live show. So we play those high energy numbers, and you change gears. Yeah, and you I could go, I could pick a low point. Right? You go to to a different vibe. Then it, it almost it, it packs twice as hard as a punch. Yeah, so I have a gun to my head. I'd say pull the trigger. Yeah, maybe. shoot me. <laughs> oh no wow um <laughs> for the groovies yeah. man <laughs> do it <laughs> another highlight i loved was evil hearted yep. ada i love the i like even oh the oh the ada i, I love yeah. that it he's totally doing the the rockabilly hiccup you know and roy loney the singer he was a big fan of of rockabilly and and sun records and it was our friend miriam lena that said if the Rolling Stones had pledged allegiance to Sun Records instead of Chess Records, they would have sounded like the Flaming Groovies. Wow. Good, good. Yeah, and Daddy Longlegs, Daddy Longlegs is like straight down the middle of both of those worlds. It's like we love Sun Sun Blues and we love Chess Blues and, and we kind of pledge allegiance to both worlds. Yeah. That's like the beauty of like having so much music history behind you is you could take way more than say the flaming movies yeah. could like but also you know. music hasn't progressed much since then we don't really take much influence from well, bands past that you know what i mean we look progress wow. the movies. yeah 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 it's like kind of it's and it's very clear to see like their influence like the way they manipulate their modulate and manipulate their voice and how brian you manipulate and modulate yeah. your voice um it's such a cool thing and it's like i was like wondering like how much of that is like how much of that is like conscience i guess conscious like are you like he has a deep knowledge of the records that he likes and they're, they're they span a wide a wide range of influences and like that's the same with us like all four of us are like record collectors and we're just like music nuts i mean we're super fans and like yeah, when it when it when it comes down to us like writing a song in the studio or working on a piece of new music, it's like we have this whole encyclopedia of references that we will just like page through and be like, oh, let's take this and you know in in this kind of direction or that kind of direction. And I think he's just he's doing that. He has this total recall of like, oh, I'm gonna approach this from this angle, you know, and he can he can do it. <laughs> Any other stray observations? Any other? like moments or bits of trivia or anything along those lines that y'all want to like get out there. I got a story. Okay. Yeah. So one time the guitarist of the flame and groovy Cyril Jordan stayed at, at my house on my couch for a week. And so this was like kind of like a dream come true, but it was also like, I mean, I don't think he slept for the entire week. I don't think he ate anything. I would wake up the next morning and open my fridge and there would be like a nibble taken out of a corner of a piece of cheese. 
but he was fascinating to hang out with and talk to. And, um, you know, he was, he's like a magician, like for real, before he played guitar, he was a magician and he would pull cigarettes out of his ear and pull eight balls behind his elbow. And it was like amazing. And he had amazing stories about hanging out with Jimi Hendrix and the beach boys, you know, in, in San Francisco in the sixties, just like at comic book stores. Cause they were just kids and stuff. Um, and he's, yeah, just has tons of knowledge. He's also an amazingly talented painter. He painted some of the flame and groovies album covers later on and, and did a lot of poster work more recently still does, yeah. still does and i got married in one of his jackets josh and harry wow oh. <laughs> so they're like our family <laughs> you know me and my friend started a fanzine in the early 2000s called human being lawnmower it was named after an mc5 song and one of the first interviews that we did was with roy loney and uh i remember just having like my tape recorder at manitoba's on Avenue A, like talking to this massive hero of mine, uh, which was just so cool and such an honor. That's that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I've the the times I've done that is just such a gratifying, like talking t- spoken to like my heroes, spoken interviewed them on this show. It's such a cool thing, and I think like it's interesting, like the fact that like Mick Jagger said that about this band, the fact that Mick Jagger said that this record was better than their iconic record that everyone knows it it's 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 like that's the stuff like younger artists like they live on that like they they that's like the nourishment that is is, yeah it's incredible true the real ones know speaking of real ones let's um the each of you like give your final thoughts and ratings the way this works is like we'll rate this out of 10 and give a rating out of 10 with a fun metric at the end. Uh, so like 10 Dr. Boogies out of 10 or something right. like that. I'm, I'm very fascinated by this. I feel like I dove in head first a little bit. I'm getting like the bends, like a little bit. It's so it's, it's really intense. It's so, it was such a jarring experience the first time. And I've, I've only spent like three days with this record. And now I'm finally starting to like get, I'm like, oh, this is what this is doing. Oh, okay. I had to just adjust. I had to like, the thing I learned is just like, if you don't like it or get it, you just need to spend more time with it. You just need yeah. to like uh, adjust and Fair stuff. Enough. And uh, yeah, so doing I... Doing your own juices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's doing its own juices. I think it's, I think it's, our, I think it's pretty, like that said, like, I don't know if I'll be revisiting this as, as, or I might need some time before I revisit this. <laughs> I know, sorry. They're throwing tomatoes at me. Like, I can't believe, like, <laughs> in the middle of this interview. I'm <laughs> He's allowed to your um, own opinion. <laughs> my own dit wrong opinion. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, like, I think some of it is, like, it just, like, wasn't for me. It wasn't my taste and sensibility. But I really loved the opportunity to like talk with you. I really love the opportunity to, you know what it is like genuinely it's if I had a choice between like a daddy long legs record and a flaming groovies record, I would more likely reach for like a daddy long legs record. Because like that, that was the real joy. Of, yeah. That was like the real joy of prepping yeah, for this interview. That. Yeah. We learned from the best. Everybody's allowed to their own opinion unless they don't like teenage head. <laughs> No, that makes sense. That makes sense. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, 
Uh, you, you, you guys can leave. It's okay. <laughs> you guys can leave early. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, that being said, I love the I love the grooves. I love three songs a lot, and I'll check. The, I, I like four out of the eight songs a lot. So I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it six. I would. I would. I would. Out of ten. Okay. Six out of ten. <laughs> Well, you know, I'll, I'll say that I appreciate you coming in there with open ears. You know, like it dug in yeah, and you're appreciating it. It sounds like you're, you understand a little bit. Because if I came in like going like, this sucks. You guys are stupid for liking this. That's first of all, like that would suck. That would, that would be a bad <laughs> interview. That would suck. You know, we would, we would be fighting. That would be pretty right funny. Now. Might be funny. <laughs> Oh, all right, fine. I'll take I'll take that approach. Like I'll be super confrontational. The last part of this interview. Well, you know, you're, um, we're this is we're the choir. We're preaching. So how many stars you got, Mara? I'm going ten teenage heads out of ten teenage. Heads. I mean, it's like a twenty out of ten. You know, but ten out of ten. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Brian? I gotta go ten out of ten. Doctor Boogie's <laughs> like record. Hey, take mine. <laughs> what I used to this record for so long. This record is a part of my soul. Like. It's part of who I am. I'm Mike Drop. I'm going uh, five stars, fully erect on the Peter meter. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo, Dave. Uh, well, I'm gonna have to say ten out of ten also because it's an unskippable force that you can either have sex to or fight to, and I've done that many times. Teenage head. Yeah. So. That's a great- uh, both at the same time sometimes yeah. um <laughs> that's a hell of a review that's good that's so, yeah, um, out of 10 sometimes yeah heads. yeah i think uh i think we all agree as a as a group 10, 10 out, out, of, out 10. of 10 and that's why y'all are daddy long legs uh, <laughs> i got one last story be yeah. that you need to listen to say uh, <laughs> so when the head honcho of Norton Records, Billy Miller, passed away, rest in peace, we performed at his funeral. And Roy Loney oh. flew to New York from San Francisco to also perform at the funeral with us. Okay, and we played the song Teenage Head at St. Anne's Church. Acoustic, Josh on maracas, me playing harmonica and Marat playing guitar, and Roy Loney leading us into church while we sang Teenage Head to a church full of, of Billy's friends, admirers, family, family. And when we got to the verse, when we got to the verse where it says, and I'll mess you up for fun, Roy Loney at the top of his lungs said, and I'll fuck you up for fun. (laughs) He yelled fuck at the top of his lungs in this (laughs) church at the funeral. And it was like, the most beautiful thing, the most emotional thing. I'll never forget that. It was wild, yeah. Love was, you, Roy. Love you, Billy. That was the heaviest, yeah, since deceased Roy Loney. Yeah. Right. One of the greatest moments. That was a heavy, heavy moment, yes. It's, I, I again, I'm just like, I'm just like blown away by how, like the idea that like Flaming Groovies influenced you so much and changed your life and then you get to be part of their narrative in in this huge moment, this huge moment that's very, yeah. not everyone gets invited to that. And like, not, it's earlier incredible. In the interview. I was trying to hit on that saying, like it was crazy that we grew up such fans and ended up like becoming like interwoven in their story and our story. And like, we had all this sort of 
you know, connections and yeah, yeah, just uh, life is weird sometimes, you know. It's very cosmic. I think it's yeah. sometimes it seems like it's predestined, but who knows? Yeah, and you and you can make it, and you you can make your life whatever you want too. Like that's not like some like in the the song about like uh, city lights. Like some people look at it on TV and go, "Well, I can never do that," and then they make it happen. Like, but some people, like people like you, like they make it happen. That's awesome, Andrew. It's been lovely speaking to you today. Should play you out about the Flaming Yeah, Blues, one of the greatest American rock and roll bands. <laughs> like they're, they're posing. Wow. <laughs> no, no, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. He's using a cup. incredible thank you so much uh check out street sermons thank you so much everybody have a good day click